Welcome to the May We Be Them podcast hosted by me, Sarah Dumond. Each episode, I get to introduce you to amazing women who bring life to the quote, here's to strong women. May we know them, may we be them, may we raise them. Hi, everyone. Happy July. It has taken me, oh my gosh, a couple of months to get my act together, to get another one of these episodes recorded. Life has been busy. Um, so this just kind of got pushed to the back burner and yeah, it's okay. But finally getting around to having some more guests on and um, excited to get um, new episodes uploaded. So today um, on the podcast, we have one of my most favorite people ever. Um, she happens to be my firstborn child, Anna Grace Dumond. Um, she came on and chatted with me for a little bit. She was a good, um, a good egg and humored me and some of my questions. And, um, so I hope you'll enjoy it. She is, um, a recent graduate, 2021 graduate of Cannes School in Concord, North Carolina. And in just about five weeks time, she's going to be going off to start her freshman year at Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Um, Wake is uh, a liberal arts college, a liberal, liberal arts university, and they don't um, even allow you to declare a major until spring of your sophomore year. So people, that's always everyone's first question, what's she majoring in? And the answer is, she doesn't know. <laughs> so um, remains to be seen. She's got a lot of wide and varied interests, so I'll be curious to see what she narrows it down to. But um, yeah, she's... Um, uh, just kind of getting all prepared for that. So um, during the interview, we talk a little bit about um, kind of senior year and the college application process and what that was sort of like. We talk a little bit about just um, what high school is like in general from an academic standpoint. Um, we talk about sort of the pressures on kids academically these days. And um, she calls me out on a couple of parenting things, which I already knew, but um, kind of uh, entertaining and funny to get called out on them. Um, we talk about some, uh, you know, some issues that are important to her generation, and um, and then we just have some fun kind of conversation at the end. So I hope you enjoy it, and um, I'm looking forward to people getting to know her better if you don't know her all that well so far. So enjoy. Hey, Ned. Hi. <laughs> is this a little weird? Yeah. Okay. A little bit. Well, thanks for doing this with me. So, um, you know, I love podcasts. Mm -hmm. So I listened to a podcast recently by one of my favorite authors. Her name's Kelly Corrigan. Okay. And she had her recent high school graduate daughter on. And I am going to use some of her questions because I thought they were really good and really thought-provoking. And so I'm stealing some of what she did. But some of it's going to be my own questions, too. Sound good? Yes. Okay. Um, are you a Gen Zer? Is that what your generation's yeah. called? Yes. Okay. All right. That's what I thought. Do you? Does is that a pet peeve? Do you guys dislike being called Gen Zers, or do you no, not care? I don't really. It doesn't I mean, really come not up. Not really. It doesn't really affect me. Like I don't get upset. I wouldn't be mad if you called me a Gen Zer. Okay. Well, you know I'm a big fan of your generation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So you just came through a pretty big life 
lots of life events. You graduated from high school. Well, for, before that, you went through the whole, whole senior year college application process, deciding where you're going to go to college, graduate from high school, and now you're, what, five weeks away from going to college? Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's start with that first. So give me the good, the bad, and the ugly of the whole college application process, and maybe include something that might surprise people about the whole process, like either something that parents whose kids haven't gone through it yet might be surprised to know, or maybe if there are other like teenagers listening that they might be surprised to know. Probably, I would say the, the one good thing that I did was start really early. Like on August 1st, I got up and I did all of the Common App like questions, because honestly, like when people say that college applications are really hard, it's just kind of a lot to do, but the work, like the questions you have to answer are relatively easy. So just like, keeping up with the volume of it? Yeah, I mean, anything that isn't written, like a writing essay, it's just filling in information and it just takes a long time. And the sooner you can, like I did that all pretty much the first day or like the first week that I could. And I was glad that I did that because it didn't, it was just less work that I had to focus on when I had like other things to do. Like if I could do less of those things and work more on writing which takes the longest amount of time. The essays. That was, yeah. That, that was something I did that was, it was helpful. And looking back, it was like probably, no one really told me to do it, but I'm telling. I'm yeah, that's a piece of advice you're giving. Yes. If you're listening and you're about to be a senior and it's about to be August 1st soon, so I would get, get mentally prepared to do that sooner rather than later. Okay, that's good advice. Was there anything, any part of the process that surprised you or that you feel like people would be surprised to know? Um, you can like see, something that's kind of cool is you can see, you get a preview of exactly what your application will look like to the person who's reading it before you submit it. You can like, it'll say preview and you can go through and re- like literally read every single piece of your your application as if you were like the person who's going to the admission committee. (laughs) So it helps, it helps kind of fine tune if you're like, Oh, that actually doesn't look as good. Like, or it didn't sound as good as I thought it would. That's the most helpful thing. Um, because you're not just like, you can kind of mentally think about, okay, if I don't know this person, how would I react seeing my activities in this order or seeing this, be my first supplemental. Should I answer this one first or this one first? Because like, even though that's kind of nitpicky, you can it helps control how you're perceived by someone who is judging you and can either give you or decline you admission. Yeah, because you're basically selling yourself. Yeah. So it's really sort of marketing yourself and putting together a marketing package. Yes. Were you surprised at all by the schools that you liked when you started looking into schools? Had you thought about it much? Were you, did you have like preconceived ideas that then kind of got blown away or debunked or something before, you know, once you started looking at schools, like thought you wanted big, then want, then preferred small, vice versa, or anything of that nature? I still think I could be fine at a big school. Even though I'm going to a, like a small school, I, I still think I would be fine at a big school. I think I'm like one of the few people who would do fine really anywhere, so long as it wasn't like extremely small or extremely big but for people who think they really want a big school I would 
highly recommend going to even schools that like you are kind of like not interested in like academically or anything they're all kind of similar like the bigger school the more like overwhelming you can seem and definitely I got I liked that feeling but it's very different than if like I came from Canon such a small school it was a different um like being on campus it felt very different versus where I'm going Wake Forest it kind of had a more condensed still bigger but like a more condensed feel yeah um I don't think I was like surprised by that but it was just something that I noticed okay how do you think I dealt with your college not, process not not fantastic <laughs> Okay. Not bad, but just not like not fantastic. I'm, I'm not arguing with that. Like what? <laughs> what specifically? Um, I mean, you kind of had a few freak out moments where you were like, "I don't know anything about what you're doing." I, you because I did a lot of it by myself, and you just had a few times where you made me kind of like debrief you, but it felt very frantic, and you were kind of worried, and I don't know, just a little bit. Just, I don't know. How, okay, like, I, would, like I wasn't trusting the process as much as you were? Yes. Okay. And, like, you let me do a lot of the deadline, like, you let me handle deadlines by myself, which I appreciated, um, but definitely, like, <laughs> there was times where I was, like, she just, I could tell she wants to, like, help or do things for this, and you restrained yourself, which I appreciate. <laughs> okay. But, you let that slip a little I bit. I held myself back a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I reined it in mm-hmm. when it mattered. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I don't disagree with that at all. It was, I, like, you look back on the process and you feel like on, a, like, a scale of zero to ten, how stressful was it? Zero, like, super easy, ten, the most stressful thing you've ever done. Um, like, like a six. Okay. Or five or six. Yeah, that seems about how I perceived your stress level, which is great. And you're right. I was like at a 15 mm-hmm. at some point. So, mm-hmm. okay. Can we talk a little bit about high school? Yeah. One of the things that Kelly Corgan um, talked to her daughter about was um, this notion or this idea that um, teachers are on your side. Um, that mm-hmm. was one of the like big points that her daughter said people don't um, – often realize that but do you agree with that no my teachers were all like they never were intentionally trying to trip me up like not that that's ever like an actual thing that people worry about but I feel like it's easy to feel like oh this teacher is so hard they don't they don't like give a's blah 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 and there's kind of things you can write off as but really most often it's just like you're not putting into it what is expected of you so like for harder classes, I kind of, like, would get a rude awakening at the beginning of the year. Like, the one class that I took that spanned two years that led up to, like, this big AP exam, like, my teacher was really hard, like, she graded harshly, but I would succeed because I would rise to the occasion, and, like, that was just her way of pushing me, and now, like, that was the hardest class I've taken at Canon, and I definitely would take it again just because I did so much work for it, and now I know what I, like, can handle. Yeah. Um, But even just, like, teachers who are, like, around, and you don't even know them or may not take their class, like, anyone's willing to help you. And I've never had an experience where a teacher was, like, unwilling to give me. Like, if I went to them about something that I 
like didn't turn in or didn't do, then it's a different conversation because then it's like, okay, I neglected to do what I was sure. asked of, but and there's teachers are the always fire. willing to help you succeed and will not let you fail if okay. you are willing to do the work. Talk to me about this notion. The uh, Another thing that they talked about on her podcast was this idea of being a good student versus being a good learner. And her daughter talked about, like, those are two glaringly very different things that she learned, like, really early on in high school that it's two different things to get good grades and, like, check the boxes and sort of, you know, succeed on a, on paper versus becoming a curious learner, lifelong learner, like, I don't know, seeking to master the material and have a deep understanding of it. She felt like those were two, were two different things and that sometimes she felt frustrated because there were certain situations where she felt like um, the second thing wasn't valued as much as the first, like that your deep learning and understanding wasn't valued as much as like, did you get an A? Um, on that test or I don't know I don't think that that's necessarily always the case I think the school I went to I was like lucky because I got a school that actually does care a lot about the second part I'm guessing she went to a bigger public school where that's not valued as much I'm just making a generalization there but like yeah I don't go to I did not go to a, a big public school and I had teachers who would like stop classes entirely and just talk about something that the students were like genuinely curious I've had that happen more times probably than I'm sure she's ever had Mm -hmm. um just because like they want to obviously teach they have a course they have to teach but a lot of my classes were also just centered around like what if we were really interested in something and we would get talking and ask a bunch of questions like that's what that's the direction the class would take and then if that pushed us back a day then so be it like a lot of times that was um that wasn't so much in my APs because that actually was like preparing for the exam and stuff, but it did happen occasionally. And especially like in my honors classes and, um, you know, th- that would happen a lot. So I, yeah, I would say, I, I'm glad to hear you say that. And I'm not surprised to hear you say that. Yeah. I would say I definitely probably am in the minority saying that I don't think that happens that often, but yeah, um, you guys were lucky. Yeah, we were. You had, yeah. You, you, you've had some awesome teachers there. Do you, there's also this like, um, notion that high school kids today are under just like ridiculous amounts of pressure to perform to like, you're, it's never good enough. It's never enough. Like you can't, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. the, that societal norms today are forcing kids to not have any free time and to be just in a constant state of stress and that we are like setting kids up for, mental health issues and depression, anxiety, what have you, because we're putting too much pressure on your generation. What are are your thoughts on that? I don't think that, like, I think school, the idea that it, like, negatively affects your mental health is more about feeling like you're not able to, feeling like things are piling up and, like, it's just getting harder and there's more to there's more to be done, but then you also start comparing yourself to, like, others, mm-hmm. I guess. That's, I mean... And the then, comparison and game. Then, yeah, but I wouldn't say, like, when it comes to, like, depression or anxiety, I wouldn't say that that's induced by comparison, but comparison definitely will hurt your, like, 
perception of yourself. Cause, and then and then you just forget the fact that like other people can be successful. Like someone might be valedictorian. That doesn't mean you can't be successful in your own academic way. Or like if if it's like not academics, if it's sports, like if someone's really successful, that doesn't mean you don't. It doesn't mean you aren't. Um, so that just can how you be hard. It. That can be hard to like. That's much easier said than done. But from like from like school and teachers and parents that I mean that just always happens like it's always going to increasingly get more competitive getting into college is always going to be more competitive than the next year than it was the past and that's just like how it is okay so you can either hype like you can either cry about that and be really stressed about that and it's okay too but I mean you can't let it Get but what I'm hearing you is that it's not gotten out of control. You don't feel like it's unmanageable it's, or that it's unrealistic or that you feel like you I mean, have, my experience, no. But yeah. that's not – my experience is not everyone else's. Sure. So, yeah, I get it. Um, one of the criticisms of my generation – so I'm part of the Gen X generation. And one of the criticisms of us as parents is that we <laughs> try to micromanage our kids or that we try to overschedule them or that we try to – like orchestrate their lives too much, sort of like the quintessential helicopter parent. Um, what, what's your take on that? Do you agree that, with that? That I say that I'll say wit is extreme. Not like you, not you or dad, thankfully, but like I do. Like my friend, some of my friends, or just people who I know did experience in that, and I was like, I would. That would be more infinitely more stressful because having someone breathing down your neck all the time and getting on you all the time would add an extra layer of stress to an already stressful four years. Yeah. So I would say that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. It's a valid, it's a valid criticism. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine it like would definitely chip away at your self-esteem if you have a parent who doesn't trust your ability to do what you're asked to do. Um, she also on their podcast talked about one of her biggest pet peeves of, that she has with our generation, besides the fact that we tend to, that we have a lot of helicopter parents in my generation. Um, I don't even know that it's just my generation specifically, but I think the question was like, what's one thing that parents do that you wish they wouldn't? And her answer was, um, she wished that we wouldn't turn every discussion into a life lesson, <laughs> that we wouldn't like, uh, it, she said it made her like hesitant to come sometimes to come to her parents like to ask for advice because she felt like she was going to get a like a 20 minute dissertation about you know teaching you this big life lesson so <laughs> I heard that and I kind of like felt like I wanted to shrink down in my chair because I was like oh I think that's me <laughs> so um I don't think you turn stuff into life lessons I think you just sometimes make things a bigger deal than they actually are. And yeah. a simple answer is never just a simple answer. <laughs> so sometimes I would say simple answer is all is needed for a situation. But, but yeah. Sometimes do you just want to tell us something and not necessarily even have us give you advice or a solution? Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's... Can you? Would you do that? Would you? Would you do that at all? I mean, it's a work in progress, but I recognize that that might be a good approach. Okay. Okay. Um, so um, I have another question for you. Like, just I'm I'm like gonna just pepper you with advice um, on how. Yeah, I can improve. We have a joke. You know that we have a joke in our house, right? Like, kids are like pancakes. Unfortunately, like the first one, you kind of 
<laughs> like don't really know what you're doing, you don't have the consistency right, you don't have a frame of reference, and then, you know, second one is a little easier to make, and the third one, um, you know, you can kind of do it with your eyes closed, so, you know, Dad and I always say, like, give us grace, we didn't really know what we were doing the first time around, and you've obviously turned out amazing, but, um, I think one of the issues that all parents and kids struggle with is like how to talk to each other and how to communicate to, to each other. And one of the things like the quote unquote experts tell parents is like keep talking, you know, even about difficult subjects like your kids are listening, even if they don't seem like they are. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you agree that like, do you want to hear from us about kind of like the big issues? Like, even if it seems like you're not necessarily like, really, you know, sitting at our feet and listening intently, like, would you agree that, like, you still want us to talk to you about those, you know, issues, and you'd rather us talk about it versus not? What do you mean big issues? I mean, life issues, like, um, I don't know, relationship issues, or, um, you know, like the, um, the, like, quote-unquote like danger topics like smoking drinking um you know drugs um like high-risk behaviors that kind of stuff um Mm -hmm. is it something that like you cringe when you think about the idea of like your parent talking to you or do you are you kind of like no I'm I'm grateful that like to have parents that talk to me about that I don't necessarily want to have like a back and forth discussion about it but I did hear what you said yeah mm -hmm. it's that yeah okay um and so would your advice be to other parents who are kind of just at the beginning of having early teenagers be that? Like, yeah, just keep talking. Don't make it weird, but don't not talk about it. But don't also expect your kid to, like, dive into this deep discussion with you about those things. Yeah. Like, non-responsiveness will probably be a big, you probably notice that. But it's not like, I don't know, if your parent goes from not talking about a big topic to talking about it, like... I don't know if your kid will automatically be super enthusiastic and receptive, but yeah, you can just keep talking. Okay. No harm. No harm done. What's one thing that teenagers secretly wish their parents would do? I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's a hard question because it's going to be different for everybody. Like, I probably would say. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know if there's, like, a one. There's not, okay, good for you. Lucky for you, there's not one thing that's immediately popping into my head. <laughs> I'm not like, oh, thank God she asked this question because now I can finally I've tell been her dying to stop, just tell, stop doing Cone this. of safety. I've been dying to tell her what I wish she would have done. No, I mean, I always guess I've... Hmm. I don't really know. Honestly, I don't, like... You always really respected my privacy and all my things that I would ask for and ask you to do. Like, you always really respected that. So, I guess just, like, hear my reasoning out if there's something you're extremely hesitant for, which, like, at this point, you've told me there's not much you would be hesitant to Yeah, but, like, yes if, you, to, if there's something you're asking to do, like, before I just need your reaction, I, say no. Yeah, I, I most likely have a good reason I'll try to explain fully. So, okay, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, to what extent would you say that like topics um, like systemic racism or gender equality or 
things like global warming or like those sorts of topics, like to what extent do you feel like it's on the minds or in the consciousness of your generation? Definitely more, like more, I didn't even know what that meant, like in middle school, any of those things, nor did I care for that matter. Mm -hmm. Like I was, I was fine. I mean, just that's a whole nother topic of why I didn't need to care. But like bottom line is I didn't need to care because it wasn't a pressing issue, at least to my knowledge. But I feel like if you ask any teenager, middle school, I mean, I'm not even talking about high schoolers. I'm talking about like middle school, maybe even younger, like they could probably understand what it means, even if they don't, even if they're not able to like speak on it. So I feel like that's to do with just everything's digital and you like, you can look up any word and get it defined instantly. And there's seven articles attached to it Mm -hmm. and kids are having, I mean, I was talking to my junior K buddy and she was like, I'm going to text you at college. And she's like four or five. <laughs> right. And so she's got access to a phone and all the things that come with a phone. And that's every kid now. So it seems. Yeah. So I feel like it's just more of an awareness at a younger age. You think that's let a good alone, thing? Let alone like teenagers who are in high school in like the thick of talking about all those things. I guess. Yeah. But, what are the, to- I mean, of those types of, Topics like what are the ones that seem to be the most important to you guys? Probably the ones that you mentioned, like racial equality, gender equality, anything that has to do with people. Yeah. Like anything that you would hear about being, you know, like right human rights are a big one, the environment is a big one. Like humanitarian issues I feel like are big with teenagers. Yeah. I would agree. I mean, that's my take on your generation is that, and this is a total compliment, that um, you all, how did I word it to somebody the other day? I said, I feel like you guys can sniff out BS in um, a a much better way than a lot of us were able to at your age or maybe even are able to now at our ages. And by that, I just mean like you can tell when somebody's being genuine or not genuine and you can... And their intentions matter to you. Like, you want to make sure it's a high priority of your generation that everybody is respected and um, valued and, um, like, treated with kindness and fairness. Yeah. The one thing I will say on that is, though, some people have feel like they are personally responsible for, like, outing the bad people of the world and like you've heard I'm sure you understand the word cancel like right that that idea and I feel like that goes too far I don't think that's a whole other topic of like when is it warranted versus right not warranted but like I feel like people are afraid to own mistakes now because yeah it backfires it backfires and then it just gets thrown in their face and I'm not even talking about like I'm not talking about me I'm talking about people who have like followings, yeah, and big platforms. Kid, like younger kids look up to, yeah. And I've seen it happen like monthly, actually daily. Yeah. So, for that reason, I don't entirely love the fact that people are now feeling empowered to like call out and drag up all of this. Not that it's in the past. Like some things are not worth leaving in the past, and are like you got to talk about it, but. Sometimes I've seen instances where things are brought up and it's just created more issues in the process because mm-hmm. people have grown and understood and, like, 
changed. Now, They've changed. Now it's kind should. of like, oh, I can't, I can't admit, or I, I want to learn about this, but I don't want to seem ignorant, or I don't want to say the wrong thing. And that, I mean, that's more relatable because no one's an expert. Yeah, I get age, it. So, what's the most solid advice anybody's ever given you? Is that too broad of a question? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can you narrow it down at all? That's like way too. First of all, I don't think I could remember. Like, I don't have it. Nothing's popping to mind instantly. It probably had something to do with like school. Okay. But I don't. Okay. I yeah. Don't I don't know. I'm trying to think of how I would narrow it down. Like, maybe the most solid piece of advice a teacher ever gave you, or. Um, <laughs> do you have a favorite teacher that you had in high school? I had a lot of favorite teachers. Um, I really liked my my two biology teachers and Mr. Herder and then Miss Ross. I really liked them a lot. Um, what what made a good they, teacher for you? Like um, a good like consistent a lot of consistency in their class. Like you didn't you showed up and you kind of knew what to expect and you knew. Like, okay, we're going to start by going over the homework. We're going to do a lecture. We're going to review the notes. We're going to do this. And then a lot of in-class, like, learning. Like, for bio with Miss Ross, it was lectures more so than with Mr. Herder. We would watch the lectures and then talk about them and answer questions. Both approaches were diff- they were different, but they both worked because it was just talking about the material in class. And then just, like... A teacher, I hate to say it, but if you're not, if you don't have a good personality, you're going to lose the attention of kids and you're not going to get necessarily the, res- like, they both have my respect, both as people and as teachers. Obviously, like, I respect all my teachers, but like, they, they're just cool people and a lot of my teachers, are, most of my teachers are really cool people. Um, all of my teachers are good teachers, but when your teacher is a good person too, it helps with like connection and makes makes it more enjoyable to sit there and listen to them talk to you yeah I would agree I mean you want to learn from people that you feel connected to makes sense to me um do you have a a book that you can think back to that you read either for school or not for school but like the most impactful book you read you've ever read um read that book that Grammy gave me about Siegel the um Jonathan Livingston Siegel and I really liked it and it was I mean pretty pretty philosophical yeah good I wrote about it for my wake application and give me the cliff notes version um, Jonathan Livingston Siegel I've heard of but I don't know based off of the life of a like a seagull yeah (laughs) based off the life of a seagull and then he like breaks off from his group trying to learn how to fly like more like really embrace flying as a skill and master it and then he masters it, and then, long story short, he, like, moves on to this, like, next life. And it's just a series of him, like, moving on to next his next life, life after life, and, like, he learns more with each life. It's about flying, but then you can obviously, like, make a connection to just... Yeah, it's metaphorical. It's metaphorical, and then the whole point, it says, is to then share what you've learned. Like, go, he goes back... Instead of going to, like, the next life, he goes back and then finds, like, apprentices and teaches them what he's learned. Oh, I like that. So, good book. Worth mm-hmm. reading. She'll be happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, top two or three things you're most looking forward to about college? Uh, 
Sorry, but independent. It's okay. No, that's Being what you're supposed to say. Being on my <laughs> own. Um, I am excited for like a new routine that's not the same school routine that I've had for 14 years. Like, yeah. It's the same wake up at 6, eat breakfast, drive to school, <laughs> especially since it's the same school that adds to the similarity so it'll be good to be in a new environment and also I don't know like I'm not going into it expecting the same 114 kids that I've been going to school with like it's obviously I'll know some people but not a lot and that's nice I think yeah that's attractive the idea just a big change and then probably the last thing would be um like freedom to spend my time differently like because now my options for free time during the summer are like hang out with my friends you know it's kind of like I have a shorter list of things I can do but like I'm excited to see what I'm able to do with my free time when I'm at college besides just like work or study I guess and do work makes sense um besides your fabulous family (laughs) what's the thing you're gonna miss the most um, probably my friends. Yeah. I'm thankfully not that far from any of them, but I will definitely miss them because of how much time I spend with them. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Um, okay, so the title, you know the title of this podcast? Yeah. Okay, so this is all about strong women, and I definitely put you in that category. And so, but I want you to define, for me, what you think, like what's your opinion of what what makes a strong woman? Probably someone who's like who is self like driven and doesn't rely on not that like relying on others is a bad thing, but someone who doesn't necessarily see their worth and what other people say or think about them. Like it obviously helps when there's people around you who feel the same as you feel about yourself, but ultimately if you don't feel that way about yourself it's it doesn't really matter so self-love first yeah I love it that's a great definition um can we do like a few little questions at the end like just kind of like quick top of your off the top of your head it can be like really a serious answer or not a serious answer Mm -hmm. just kind of like fun stuff Mm -hmm. okay you ready okay okay favorite animated movie uh (laughs) probably Tangled the oh really yeah. oh I didn't know that I don't I mean any like I think when I think animated I think Disney oh for sure Disney I didn't know it was Tangled though okay um one thing or one item that you couldn't live without Aquaphor the <laughs> like the chapstick brand Aquaphor I could not live without that yeah I would have predicted you would say chapstick um destination anywhere in the world that you most want to go to southern France um, favorite Olympic sport or event? Um, gymnastics, probably. Okay. And, um, the last question is, what's one thing you're grateful for? I know you're grateful for a lot of things. It doesn't have to be the thing you're most grateful for, but just one thing that comes to mind. Um, I, that's hard. Like, just, just one. I mean, it can I mean, be anything. Okay. Like, I'm grateful I'm, for my dog, or I'm grateful for I'm not grateful. coffee in the morning. I am not grateful for, I'm not saying <laughs> my dog. Not that I'm not grateful for her, but she's not my first answer. She's um, a mess. Grateful for um, 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 friends and family. Easy. 
Yeah, friends Good. and family. That counts. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about while we're here? Not that I can think of. No. Thank you for doing this. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. You know, I love you very much. I love you too. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. And I'm excited for this next stage. Me too. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that's it. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, well, I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I, you know, normally when I'm doing my podcasts, I take notes. um, So then at the end of it, I can go back through and kind of do my takeaways. I'm going to still do my takeaways, but I, I noticed that um, I couldn't, I didn't, I just forgot to take notes the the whole time. I was just kind of um, so happy to have her sitting beside me and having this conversation with me that I really didn't even stop to think I should be taking notes. So I'm going to do these takeaways kind of off the cuff. Um, just sort of based on what I remember. So um, from the very beginning, um, she talked about the college application process. And I think one of my takeaways with that was that um, backing off and giving these seniors um, autonomy and independence with the application process is a great thing. Um, Highly appreciated. Um, They feel respected. They feel trusted. And um, that went a long way with her. I think also um, a takeaway from me with just the whole concept of going through high school and all the pressures that are on them academically is that she really seemed to think that, you know, pressure really is based on how you frame it. Meaning, um, you know, if you kind of um, are one who tends to live and die by comparison, then yeah, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a really tough way to go through high school because there's always going to be somebody that's outperforming you or getting a better grade on something. Um, But if you're able to stand back and, you know, appreciate the things that you do well that maybe someone else might not um, kind of see your strengths um, and frame it that way that it doesn't have to be a, an uber stressful um, time so trust me I, I was super grateful to hear that <laughs> and um, she's got a pretty you know pretty good head on her shoulders so I didn't you know really pick up on just loads and loads of stress from her but it's just um, it's nice to hear that um, straight from her so I thought that was interesting it doesn't have to be a super a super stressful um, event. It doesn't have to be a super stressful time. Um, one, another takeaway that I can remember was just this idea that, um, yeah, that I tend to use like 80,000 words that to, to say something that can be said in like five words. So I'm going to work on that. But um, yeah, that's probably um, going to be like a, a lifelong <laughs> work in progress for me. Um, but I, I just, I appreciate that, that she is able to say, yeah, it's not that I don't want to hear from you. It's just that I need like kind of not to feel suffocated by your words. So that was a take home. Um, what other, Oh, that was really interesting. And again, not surprising at all. When I asked her about, um, kind of what topics, you know, her generation, the Gen Z generation is really, um, that they find meaningful. And again, not that she represents the whole generation. She's just one, you know, one young adult and certainly other people feel differently. But um, I do feel like this generation is way more plugged into some of these issues like systemic racism and um, gender equality and um, just, as she put it, just human rights issues um, than my generation ever was at that age. Um, I find it really inspiring and I really admire them for, um, you know, um, being so passionate about it. I also found it really interesting that, um, she saw sort of 
the the dark underbelly of that being this cancel culture that's kind of developed out of it. And so I appreciate that, you know, their generation is aware of the downside of that. And, um, and I think it's just, you know, it's an ongoing nuanced thing, right? Um, trying to sort of balance standing up and taking a stance um, for something, um, but understanding that life doesn't, you know, exist in the black and white. It really exists in the grays in between. And something I think um, people worry about younger generations not understanding that nuance. And um, my takeaway is that, no, they definitely understand it. And so we need to give them a little bit more credit than maybe we do. Um what else were my takeaways? Oh, just her, you know, what she values, um, independence, you know, she's looking forward to that with college. No big surprise. And just like freedom, like freedom to choose how you spend your free time and, um, freedom to make choices and kind of experience new things. And, but the flip side of that being like, who's she going to miss the most or what's she going to miss the most, you know, outside of her family, her friends. So, you know, it really, you know, the connections are what's most important to, um, this generation. And also it was interesting, you know, speaking of connections, she brought that up when I was asking about, you know, what makes a good teacher or what really, you know, which teachers were really the most impactful to her. Um, you know, she felt like she had a ton of great teachers, but the ones that really, you know, had the biggest impact on her were the ones that she felt the most connected to just like on a human to human level. Um, and that doesn't surprise me one bit. And I, you know, I'm grateful, thankful that she had those experiences. Um, and I just think it speaks to how important and crucial relationships and connection are, um, especially for um, this generation and especially for these kids moving through such, you know, transitional time in their life. So, um, and then my last takeaway was really, other than the fact that her favorite um, animated movie is Tangled. I did not know that. I feel like that's something like as her mom, I should have known. Like, I feel like we only watched that like once as opposed to like, I don't know. I feel like we watched Finding Nemo like 50,000 times, but that's probably because that's my favorite animated movie. Um, but aside from that, I think, um, the last takeaway that, um, I really took away was, um, her definition of what it means to be a strong woman. And she talked about, you know, this idea that your sense of self and your sense of self-love really, um, the fact that your, you know, your value and your meaning aren't based on someone else's, um, opinion about that, um, that that's how she views, um, and defines a strong woman. You can imagine as a mom, that makes me just really happy. It makes my heart burst wide open because that's exactly what I would hope for her is that she would, um, you know, base her own self-worth and value herself, um, not, um, by what someone else thinks of her, but based on what she thinks and, and, and thinks of herself and, and based on how she loves herself. So yay for that. Um, okay. That was just a little fill in. I mean, I, I've been thinking about having her on for a while, so, um, she's an easy, an easy, um, guest to have because she just lives upstairs. So, <laughs> um, but hopefully in the next couple of weeks, I am going to get some other, um, outside guests on. I have, um, two or th actually three guests, um, in mind. We haven't recorded yet. I keep saying I'm going to record, I'm going to record. And then we just haven't like summertime is busy. Everybody's traveling and it's hard to coordinate schedules. So my goal is to hopefully, um, get a couple of those recorded, um, in the next week or two. So in the meantime, um, I hope you guys are having a great summer. It feels a little bit like the cows 
getting let out of the barn after a winter locked up. I know that's how I feel like just getting back out and able to, you know, just see people that I haven't seen and just be out and about and vacationing and um, having dinners out. It just, you know, it's just, I'm very, very grateful. Um, Still cautious, still watching sort of how things are developing, but super grateful. So I hope you guys are as well. And um, we'll catch up with you guys soon. Okay, take care.